Welcome back to another edition of the Seminole Insiders Podcast. I'm Mario Masudi alongside Tim Linnefelt, Rob Wilson. Florida State, a tough loss, 59-10 against Clemson. A, a game that, you know, going into it, you knew a lot of things had to break your way. And after a quarter, it seemed like Florida State was up for the challenge. What did you see from the Seminoles, at least early on in that ballgame? Well, I mean, like you said, you know, I thought defensively they played pretty well. I thought maybe Clemson, uh, particularly uh, their quarterback Trevor Lawrence, was maybe a little amped up. I mean, the, the, the truth is there were some some plays to be made there and some receivers that he had uh, that you know it looks like some balls were sailing on him uh, and uh, you know some overthrows that sort of thing. But uh, by and large, you know, at least from the get go, you know, Florida State looked uh, like it belonged on the field with Clemson during that quarter. Uh, and then has been the kind of the theme of, of the season, and Willie Taggart has said it, you, you get hit with some adversity and, and you don't respond the right way. And, and I guess a team like Clemson, uh, that means things can spiral out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that's a really good Clemson team, obviously. They showed it. They scored 28 points in the second quarter, for God's sakes. Uh, so, yeah, it was a historic, historically bad effort uh, around the board. Uh, offense, defense, special teams were, gosh, if you could take out the special team mistakes alone in the first half, uh, then we had a chance probably to hang with them. It was, it was really tough, and uh, and that's where I think you'll see a lot of the, the effort here in this past week, and hopefully that'll transition in the NC State game. But it was, uh, I, you know, uh, it wasn't like the defense got tired. They weren't on the field that much longer than Clemson was after the first quarter. It's Clemson, frankly, changed a couple of things they were doing. Said, okay, obviously they're not going to let us run. Uh, we'll just throw the ball, and and that worked out pretty well. And that's when you're facing a team that you're not as good as if we picked our poison and they sort of said okay here's your poison we've talked about it too the last couple of weeks the theme for florida state had been improvement i mean they were getting better and better and better each week and then uh, i know it was wake forest we we all made sure to make the point that don't get too excited it's just wake forest but they played their best game uh, most clean game of the year against the Deacons. So you were hoping maybe the, the progression level of the you know and the, and the the angle of the progression was going upward. And then of course they laid an egg uh, on Saturday. What do you think happened? I mean, look, man, I think it's pretty simple. Like the Clemson's really good, and and more than that, I think that they're they're kind of finding their stride. You know, they looked a little bit vulnerable earlier in the season. I mean, they almost lost to Syracuse a couple weeks ago. Uh, but then you look at their last three games against Wake Forest, then against NC State, and finally Florida State. I mean, they've they scored something like 150 points in their last three games. I mean, they're just uh, they're really, really uh, you know kind of getting things humming. And, and when that team's clicking, I mean, they're really good. They have a great quarterback, uh, great running back, two really good receivers, a good offensive line, and a great you know, defense. I mean, that's uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I would suspect I'd, they'll probably make the playoff this year. And and uh, I, I wasn't excited about the prospects of seeing them play Alabama last year, but uh, the idea of, of that game just as a neutral college football fan, uh, it, it sounds pretty appealing. But uh, that doesn't mean a whole lot uh, for, uh, for fans and supporters of Florida State uh, because uh, you know, you're, you're kind of in the way of that wave uh, on Saturday. Well, you know, it, it's interesting when you – not interesting, that's a bad word, but when you get blown out like that, uh, it's never as – Coach Bowden always used to say, it's never as bad as it looks and it's also never as good as it looks after a game. Uh, sort of the same way with the Clemson game. You know, the, the three huge drops by the receivers uh, in, yeah. the, in the game that, that would have continued drives. I'm not saying that, that w- those would have been scores, but they eat another five minutes off the clock. They take possessions away from Clemson. They change what Clemson's trying to do. Uh, so those were three huge errors. And you had game, one on first down, one on third down. Yeah, both of them, the, I mean, they're going to be loping for 20 to 25 yards on right. those plays if they make the catch. And so, two of them, at least, it's a 0-0 zero, zero game. Yeah, it happened. yeah. yeah. And, and then now you put a little doubt in Clemson's mind, and particularly in the freshman quarterback's mind, but you didn't play that kind of. 
the game all day. They were better than, than we were that day. Uh, all that to say, there were plays out there that, that uh, we couldn't make, and, and I guess that's what you ask them to do in the three days of practice you have is – uh, correct those mistakes, go on the next game, and, and uh, see what you can do on the road in a historically tough place to play. But, you know, the players out there, I thought the young players, you know, came in and did some things. People say, oh, that's mop-up role, but you can still tell something in a mop-up role. You can see if a guy's got jets or not. And, and uh, you know, Helton jumped off the page. Yeah. Tam- Tamron Terry jumped off the page. Um there's some guys that that uh, neighbors played really well for a guy that's a converted fullback just uh, playing tight end and you know we're asking our tight ends to do something I think totally different than we would have thought they would have been doing as the year started with with having to help out with blocking but yeah you know we're getting there I what you alluded to is that that which way is the trend uh, and unfortunately up until you know the two games prior to this one up until this one you could say we were improving but big step back so got to get it all back and you, that's a great thing about sports you can get it all back yeah in a week you know it's uh i'm glad you mentioned Keyshawn helton and he's a guy that i thought uh, was really kind of one of the uh the, the pleasant surprises of fall camp i thought you know he looked really really good and you know making plays day in and day out and then of course once you get to the regular season as often the case you know the, those guys sort of give way to veterans but it'll be interesting to see if he carves out a bigger role going forward, and that's true for a lot of these guys, because you know, I mean, we all heard what Willie Taggart said uh, after the game uh, on Saturday, and you know, this isn't me opining; it's what he said right. in his press conference was that you know he, he wasn't happy with the effort of some guys, and you know, his word was that he thought some guys quit on their teammates, and and you know, how do you rectify that? He said, well, the guys who did, they can't play, and you got to find ones that will. So I think everybody uh, at, at Florida State and, and you know who follows the program is kind of curious to see exactly what does that mean, what does that look like, um, and if, if he does go that route, then you know you got to think that somebody like a, like a Keyshawn Helton, I would maybe get more of an opportunity or Treshawn Harrison or, or any number of those those freshmen who have you know made plays. Uh, in, in small bursts this year, maybe they get a bigger opportunity this week. Yeah, and that's not unusual for coaching. You know, I, I guarantee you, of the teams that lost uh, by large margins in the last three games or whatever, coaches have stood on that Monday practice field and said, "All right, we're going to find out who wants to really play football." That, that's just that's what losses do to you. They they make you soul search, and so uh, Florida State's soul searching. Really, target soul searching. Hopefully, the players are soul searching. We'll see. Well, and the thing about it is, you know, like you you hear a lot of folks say, and I. I get it, but you know there are some some fans out there that, that you kind of just want to nuke the whole thing and, and go yeah. with with freshmen and, and whatever else and and that's I mean I get it and and I, and I see the appeal, but it's like you know we're also not talking about a one in seven team right now. Like I understand that the, that the, that last loss was tough and, and you know it, it'll sting for a while. I, I get it, believe me, I do. I've been around here a long time. I've seen some bad losses, and all of us, you know, I, I wasn't here in 1973. Uh, but you still got stuff to play for, and you still have to fight, figure out what gives you the best chance to win. Now, there's a very good chance that playing more young players uh, or players that don't play as much this year, maybe that does give you your best chance to win. I get that. But now isn't the time to push the, the bright red button. Well, and then people Not have, yet. People have all the answers now that we have the Internet. Say, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of in uh, Oklahoma State's uh, coach's corner with that one with the one of the worst things that's ever happened to sports was the internet uh you get all these keyboard cowboys that have all the answers you know and you get yeah deandre francois had had the coaches pulled him earlier in the fourth quarter you picked the score uh, keyboard cowboys you picked the score that he comes out in had they pulled him out half the people would have been angry that it shows yeah. the coaches are giving up why would you give up you know don't give up 
the other half are angry because he didn't come out earlier. So, you know, you just got to trust your head coach. You got to trust that they know what they're doing, which we do. And, uh, and you got to, you know, you don't, you don't want to discount a historic loss like that. But you do want to dust yourself off and get on to the next game, just like we need to in this radio program. Well, <laughs> well and, and kind of on that note, uh, to, to speak with the game, look, we, we were talking about the idea of bowl eligibility and extending the Florida State's bowl streak. When you're sitting there at the bye week, counting out your, your path right. to six wins to get to, to, to a bowl game, you probably weren't counting on this game no matter what, right? You, it would be nice to have, and you'd like to daydream and think about what would happen if you could get it and what it means for the rest of your season. But you weren't stocking that one in your your you know, your definite win column. Right. So even as, as tough as it was and as big of, a, uh, of the, as the margin was, not much has really changed in terms of your your big picture goal for this season. Of get, if your if the goal now is to get to the to a bowl game, extend that streak, you're pretty much in the same place now as you thought you were going to be two weeks ago, right? Yeah. So you know, move past it, go up to to Raleigh to face. Look, we all know how tough it can be to play at NC State, but man, they look pretty vulnerable too, if you ask me. They 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 got their uh, they, you know they they were on the the business end of their own. Uh, Blowout to Clemson, they know what that feels like. They went and lost to Syracuse. Uh, we know what that Lord feels Lord. like. Yeah, they gave up fifty-one points doing yeah. it. So uh, you know, it's. I mean, to me, uh, it, it's kind of a really interesting dynamic because you know, NC State they were fifteenth in the country two weeks ago. Right. And now they're not ranked, um, and and you kind of wonder what do we actually really know about NC State? They lost the two toughest teams they've played. They had a game against West Virginia earlier this year that ended up getting canceled due to the hurricane. I, you know, Ryan Finley, I think, has enough of a track record to know that he's a nice quarterback. But we don't really know in week nine. It's, it's kind of hard to really know exactly what to make at NC State. Yeah, well, good quarterback, good right. receivers, big receivers, uh, good football team. Um, but you're exactly right. And that's why this game's got a lot of intrigue. It may have intrigue uh, because of the injury situation. Is Francois, How injured is DeAndre Francois as of this recording, which was on Thursday? He hadn't practiced much, if at all. Uh, James Blackman has been taking all the snaps. That adds, uh, well, any sometimes change is good just for change's sake. And, and just let's see what a different guy who's three inches taller and a little bit quicker right now, uh, what he's going to do in the offense. Maybe he's he just sees things a little differently. It, it Obviously, it needs to move at a quicker pace, uh, and there's a lot of reasons it's not moving at a quicker pace. But uh, if you turn around and you look at NC State, they, they've got to think that last week was the worst thing that could have happened for them, for us to get shelled and, and – uh, and be on the uh, be on the lookout, you know, be on the uh, path to trying to rectify ourselves against them. Uh, it's you know, it's a day game. The la- I think the last couple of we had at NC State were at night, and yeah, they usually are a little different place at night than it is during the day. So uh, we'll you know, it's 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 very hard. That I'd sure hate to make my living deciding who wins this. Oh, game. it's it's crazy. And to me, you know, for for Florida State, and uh, you know, this is the one. For the rest of the season, right. uh, not to put too much into We've it. We've said that like the last. Well, man, it's been true. Take like, out the Clemson game. The <laughs> we talked e- about this beforehand. This the, no, this has been the most unique season in that yeah. respect. But I just think if you get up there and win this one, bring a little confidence to Notre Dame. You're still, you're still going to be an underdog in that game, but you got some good vibes going up there. And Notre Dame hasn't always played super well at home. Now, granted, I'm 
don't make that more than it is, but it's just something to kind of you know plant your flag in uh, when you go up there. But if you get this, then now you've got three chances to, to get your sixth win. Uh, two of them are going to be at home, and, and you're there. Now, if, if this game doesn't go well, now you've lost two straight. You're going on the road to a difficult yeah. opponent. You see what happens there, and, and it just it feels like you're kind of at the top of the hill, and it's going to, or, or you're you're sort of on a, in a narrow peak, and it's going to, you know, one way or the other, you're either going to keep climbing or you're going to slip. Uh, I've never been a part of a football season that seems to to swing so wildly from one week to the next, so it's kind of hard to make big picture proclamations based on one game. But that's sort of what it feels like to yeah, me. Yeah, well, there's no question that that a win is dramatic in yeah. terms of the program, in terms of, of the tone of the season and everything. A win is just huge. Uh, you know, this is one of those games, it, no matter how optimistic you are going into the season, you mentioned you, you're not picking us to beat Clemson, and then you go, God, they're going to have a hard time against NC State on the road. Always do. So that hadn't changed, right. you know, except for the fact that we're probably not playing as well as the optimistic folks thought we would be. But, you know, there's all that opportunity, and there's a lot for a coach to use to motivate his players. And, uh, and I'm sure Coach Taggart and his staff are pulling all of the stops out, trying to get all that going. Again, you know, as a compliment to the players, I don't see any uh, heads down as they go through the Moore Center or any uh, uh, drop-off in intensity in terms of the players. I don't think there was a whole lot of uh, long-term damage done, I think, by, by the experience going through Clemson. But we could be wrong. I think we'll find that out Saturday. Well, and, you know... Uh Willie Taggart said it the other day uh, on Monday when he was he was asked about the effort and the, and the Q word and all that sort of thing, and he, he clarified, and I thought it was good that he did. He said, look, I'm not talking about the whole team. I'm talking about a handful of guys. Now, it's you know it's like a bad egg in your dozen. It can, it can ruin your dozen, and it can cause problems, but it's not like that, like this epidemic right. uh, exactly. of attitude problems. And you gotta, you got to root out some of those guys and, and, and figure out what, you, what you're doing. But by and large, uh, you know, the, the vibes of the team are pretty good. I mean, you, you brought up James Blackman. Look at that. I mean, that kid, I don't know, I've ever seen him without a smile on his yeah, face, he, you know, he, and, he, you're and, exactly it's, right. and it's obvious that, uh, that, you know, that that has an impact on, on teammates as well, and we'll see if it has an impact on the field uh, if it ends up going that way. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's I, I do think that that sort of thing has been overstated a little bit. Um, you know, again, I don't think it's like a, a, you know, a, a massive, massive, massive problem. It's just, you know, when, when, 80, you know, 80 percent are good and 20 percent, or whatever the case may be, it just stands out more, yeah. right? That's all. But, uh, but I'll be interesting real quick to uh, to transition. Uh, you know, if if it ends up being James Blackman, and, and look, we you know we really don't know. I kind of thought there was a chance that Willie Taggart would come out on Thursday morning and, and just go ahead and announce that, that he was making a change, uh, but he didn't do that. And, and look, the fact of the matter is, I mean, DeAndre Francois has been at practice. And I know at least in the open portion, which is you know, to remind you, if you don't know, is a pretty insignificant portion of the practice uh we didn't see him throwing uh but then when uh, that was, came up to uh, to willie taggart uh, today he sort of said well you know don't don't read too much into that you didn't see it but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen or won't happen or whatever the case may be uh and also he's a essentially a, a three-year starter so you know i think the you kind of know what he can do if he can go so we'll see um i i would I'd be curious to see if it was james blackman but then at the same time you know nc state's pass defense uh is it's statistically speaking anyway pretty bad and uh you know i i think for all the criticism that he's gotten i think deandre francois is a, a pretty nice passer and it, it could actually be a good matchup for him so who knows to both of your points i think it's interesting tim as, as, as a guy in the media and, and, and someone who writes you're able to put a 59 to 10 loss you know behind you and you're able to look forward to the next game because you know that you know when you write you're saying uh 
this game wasn't probably going to win, be a win anyway. You still got all your goals of the season out ahead of you. I think the key will be can Willie Taggart relay that message to his team where they have the maturity level that, hey, yeah, we got thumped, but in the grand scheme of things, we still have an opportunity. Can we refocus and not let this one game carry over into the next? And I think, Rob, when you mention the energy level and you're saying make a quarterback change, sometimes it just helps to have that energy change and the momentum switch. Maybe this is the perfect time. For, for a change at quarterback because, you know, based on comments that Taggart's made, he wants to try different players out. He wants to find the best guys that will give his chance, his team a chance to win. And you guys both alluded to it in your comments. James Blackman has the love and admiration of all of his teammates. This yeah, guy might be the most popular person in the locker room. But let me make clear, if, if he does make a change, I think it will be because of Francois's physical. I think it will be, a, you know, because he's beat up. And right. He's not the same player that he that he would be if he wasn't injured, if that makes any sense. I mean, he he could still play, but is he slowed down so much or, or hampered so much that, that it gives him a better off option? I don't think he's going to make a right. change at quarterback just, just to make the change. So I want to make that clear. But uh, but I do think DeAndre's hurting. He's taken an yeah. awful lot of hits, you know. And, and – uh, uh, and so, if you're the coach, why not why not spare him and maybe see what's going on? And you can always reinsert him if you need to. And let me just say real quick, and I, I do get a little uncomfortable sometimes with with some of the things that when you know, I think when you talk about and this, is, I guess, the nature of quarterbacks, right? When you talk about James Blackman, and you say you know about his his charisma, his personality, how popular he is, and all that, and that's all true. It's obviously true. I feel like sometimes your natural inclination is to assume that the opposite is the case for DeAndre, that he's not popular. Right. His teammates, and I really, really don't think no, that. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you I, can't make that inference. But, but, and you're but, right. But it, but it's so natural yeah, to go yeah. there. But man, like I'm telling you, you know, being uh, at IMG Academy and watching the way that he interacted with his team, talking about DeAndre, watch the way he interacted with his teammates, watching, you know, the the, the way they played piano and sang together, that kind of stuff. Like it's the the perception. I really don't feel. Um, is is reality, and I do, I do think it's a little bit unfair to, uh, or maybe even a lot unfair to him. Um, and I agree with you, Rob, completely. If it's to me, if, if it is James, it's because that you know DeAndre can't go. Um, I think Willie has been a pretty staunch supporter of DeAndre Francois, and I don't see you know uh, a hard time against the best defensive line maybe in the country as being like, oh, okay, well now's the time. You know yeah, what I mean? This yeah, doesn't make a no. whole lot of sense to me. And another thing, look, um, I I've. Like unlike anybody else, I would be curious to see what uh, what James Blackman can do. Uh, but at the same time, look, man, if DeAndre's hurt, now you're talking about a situation where think about this: you're going to NC State on the road. Guy hasn't started this year. He's thrown, I think, five passes. He's going to make his first start of the year in a game that you pretty much have to have. And if DeAndre is not 100% or can't go or whatever, you're potentially in a situation where your backup quarterback is a walk-on. Mm-hmm. All right, this is not necessarily an ideal Perfect. scenario or something you should be hoping for. Perfect. You know what I mean? And, you know, getting back to the X's and O's of NC State, if you're Florida State's defense, a lot of pressure on the Florida State defensive line to, to carry this game because uh, Finley is an excellent passer. They've got big receivers. Uh, big enough that they can be covered and you still throw to them and just tell them to go get the ball. So big challenges. It's clear what NC State will try and do. It's clear kind of what Florida State will try and do, shut down the running game, force them to throw, but but be able to predict when they're going to throw. And so the defensive front has got to come out and play great football for us to have a chance. Do you know how many times he's been sacked? I don't. Four times. I'd rather you have not told me Four that. times all season. How about that? That's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, they've got the they're, they're the best offensive line in the ACC, according to 
quote the experts. Oh, and then they do the one. I've, I mean, you have to be good. Uh, you know, people talk a lot about their scheme. We're talking about the second. Look, if you only give up four sacks all year, you're a pretty good offensive line. Yeah. They also get rid of the ball really quickly. Uh, you know, snap the ball and it's out. And he's the guy, like, I don't even think he necessarily puts his fingers on the laces of the ball sometimes. And you can do that. You snap the ball, you look out, and you see your your big, tall receiver out one-on-one mm-hmm. on one with a quarter cornerback who's given up four, five, six inches to him. You throw it, let him catch it. Odds are he can break a tackle. If not, he can at least fall forward for a couple yards, and you're moving. I mean, right. they like to run at tempo, too. So, it's uh, to me, I agree with you. The defensive line is going to have to have a, a big game, the defensive front. Um, you know, I thought that even though Florida State didn't get any sacks last week, I actually thought that Brian Burns and Marvin Wilson, yeah, they, those played guys, well. they, they played yeah, as they well did. as they could given the circumstances, didn't show up statistically. To me, you know, you might not get, you're, you're not going to get a lot of sacks uh, against NC State. Just the way their offense uh, works doesn't allow it. Uh, but what else can you do if you're the D line? You know, to me, I wonder if like the the wingspan comes into play. You know, and it seemed like in uh, in fall camp, and Brian Burns was so active with his arms in terms of deflecting passes or adjusting sight lines for quarterbacks, whatever. He was really, really disruptive that way. Uh, to me, you know, I, I'm not a defensive line coach, but I'm talking hands up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Marvin Wilson's talented at that. that you know, yeah. there's kind of a talent to that. That Corey Simon was great at it when he played here back in the day. But uh, I think Marvin Wilson's got that talent yeah. to be able to do that. And and that Burns, good point. He can almost shut down a, a quarter of the field just by being as tall as he is and being ready to jump. And I agree with both of you. It's perfect transition because I was going to ask you guys where you thought Florida State had to be effective to have a chance in this ball game and to come out with the W. Uh, something the Knowles have done consistently all year, and they did it again against Clemson, is they've been able to shut down the run. It's not an NC State team that really rushes for a lot of yards in general. So if Florida State can make Ryan Finley one-dimensional, is he a good quarterback? Absolutely. But I think it's a little bit easier on the defense if you know that, hey, 90% of the time I think they're going to pass here because we've pretty much taken away uh, one object of their of their attack and, and one one formation. So well, that's true for Florida State as well too. Yeah. It's, it's going to be I think pretty fascinating. Both uh, teams have pretty solid passing uh, offenses. DeAndre Francois and Ryan Finley. I think Finley's one and DeAndre's two in terms of passing yards mm-hmm. in the ACC right now and neither team has, has run the ball terribly effectively so I think uh, Passing is going to rule the day, and and, and neither team special teams. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and also neither team's pass defense, at least in terms of statistics, is uh, has been great. They're both right. in the in the one hundreds in the national rankings. I think they're like one or two spaces apart, but but they both uh, have been vulnerable to passing offenses before. So uh, could be a lot of passing yards, and, and then like you said, Rob, uh, with the with the special teams. I mean, what can Ouch. you what can you say? Uh, you know, if 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 you think it's going to be a, an even matchup like that, and and you think strength versus strength and that sort of thing, I mean. You know, the two things you have to worry about, one, you're playing on the road, and two, uh, you know, who wins the special teams battle. Well, you know, so much of the special teams trauma, I'll call it, that we've been having is, it, is I think, generated from the fact that our offense has been struggling. They're, they're guys trying to make a play. If the offense is not scoring points, they feel like you got to return a kick or you got to return a punt or you got to block a punt, you know. If your offense is clicking and you're moving down the field, then these possessions don't yeah. seem quite as critical. So I think that that can be an answer. But that, that's also, you know, it hurt us so bad in the Clemson game and really has hurt us uh, throughout the season at times is let's be smart. You know, put, think more between under the helmet than through the helmet in yeah. terms of don't take it out of the end zone. Let's get it to 25. Let's go. And that, I think is the responsibility of the offense. If you, if you feel like the offense is moving, then you can say, all right, let's just fair catch it and go. Huh. Well, kind of on you know, on that note, it applies to special teams, but I think it applies to the team in general, is like, just give yourself your best chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're always going to have a hard time beating Clemson. I understand that. Just about everybody does. 
But I think if you're the frustrating part for a Florida State fan, and I'm sure for the coaching staff and the players, is you couldn't walk off that field feeling like you gave yourself the best chance. You know, between the special teams miscues, 16 penalties yeah. for crying out loud. That was the most since I think 2005 uh, was the last time Florida State had that many penalties. Uh, you know, the turnovers weren't a huge issue, but you still lost a turnover battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, you're always going to have a hard time doing that. Look, man, if, if Florida State has 16 penalties and loses the turnover battle on Saturday, they're going to have a hard time winning the game. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me, let me assure you we'll right. win the game. They might not, they might not lose by as, as much as, as, as Clemson, but, uh, but that's, that's where you're at. So give yourself the best possible opportunity to win this game. If you do that, I do think that Florida State has every reason to go in and think they can beat NC State. I'm Absolutely. Exactly with you. Put yourself in position and perform. 3.30 on Saturday, the Seminoles and the Wolfpack. I do want to transition into some hoops talk as they get ready to take on UF in that rivalry game. But one thing I do want to mention, one last note on football. Rob, I know this is something that, that you've been following. Al Dunlap, $20 million contribution yeah. to this athletic program. Quickly from both of you, what I well, think I know what it means, but no, go ahead and uh, explain it in your own words. You know, it. it uh, I, I can't encapsulate exactly what it means except for uh, – the optimism and the attitude that that the Seminole Boosters and and the athletic department have about how quickly our uh, supporters have rallied around this unconquered campaign it's it's kind of remarkable you can't be successful as an institution or an athletic department today without those kind of gifts it's it, it, the days of, of being able to survive just by selling tickets and popcorn is gone you've got to have uh, donors you've got to have support and we've got it and and they have been uh, tremendously gracious is is uh, and generous is is an understatement. But uh, those those are the kind of things that can impact programs for the next twenty years, and 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 will impact our program for the next twenty years. You know, it was interesting. Uh, I actually a month or so ago, I, I sat down with Al Dunlap and Judy Dunlap, his wife, did an interview for a story I ran on Seminoles dot com, and uh, and I asked him about his thoughts on on Willie Taggart, and has um, ended up being what I wrote, but. Uh, he said it was actually kind of interesting. Um, he said that uh, he actually thought that they had uh, a little bit in common in terms of their uh, of their professional lives. As you know, Al said that uh, you know his 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 life was spent you know taking over struggling businesses and finding ways to, to make them profitable. And look, everybody you know who, who's followed Al Dunlap's career you know understands his his reputation and and you know sort of the, the you know what he's famous for. And he doesn't shy away from that. He he owns it and he says, look. To be a leader, leader, you have to make tough decisions. You have to do things that aren't always going to make you popular. He said, I wasn't trying to be popular. And I was like, well, all right, can't argue with that. And so then he said, and I see Willie Taggart coming in here at Florida State. Uh, and, and this is a, you know, in, in a, a business that needs revamped, so to speak. You know, it, it needs to be, uh, to, to be changed and improved and whatever else. And it's a difficult job. And, you know, right now the, the football program is, is, is kind of undergoing, uh, you know, some criticisms and, and some, uh, some outside critiques and what have you. And he sort of said, look, you know, you got to stay the course and, and believe in what you're doing and know that what you're doing works uh, and, uh, and keep, uh, you know, soldiering on ahead. And, and uh, I thought it was one thing, obviously, for Al Dunlap to say that, um, but another thing to, uh, to back it up with just a, I mean, a, a monumental gift, right? Yeah. Holy smokes. Uh, to talk about that, that amount. And then the other thing uh, is, and, then, and <clears throat> that Al said that, that, that they wanted to do was they hoped that, uh, that this gift would inspire others to, uh, to to join in and give as well. And, and it certainly seems like uh, that that's yeah, been the an case. anonymous donor in Tampa for a million dollars. And awesome. uh, we'll see later this month, uh, there'll be a, 
sort of barometer of how far we've come, and you'll realize uh, why why everyone's so excited. Absolutely, and I think, Rob, you touched on it perfectly. You need this type of donation, and in a day and age where in other conferences, you know, the, the money's coming in and different revenues and different resources, for Florida State, this is huge, and it really does make an impact and allow us to not only be competitive, but to kind of set an example uh, for the rest of the future as well. Now, a, a program that hopes to have a great future, Florida State basketball, I, I think they've They've had as much hype as you can have surrounding a program heading into a into a season as we've had in, in quite a few years. They get to start it off with a bang, fellas. Yeah. You get the Knolls and the Gators, students selling out their, their, their ticket allotment, the fastest ever in program history. They're expecting, uh, if not a sellout, as close as possible to a sellout Tuesday at 9 p.m. on national television, rival versus rival. Florida State has a statement opportunity right off the get-go. Well, yeah, they do. It, it's not, you know, basketball's funny this way, particularly the first game of the season. It's not make or break. You know, no, yeah. Who wins that that basketball game, which is also kind of one of the nice things about basketball. But you do have a chance to really make a statement. Uh, Kofor being on the sidelines will hurt. Uh, I don't know that they've uh, found themselves in the first two exhibition games uh, in terms of exactly what they want and the minutes they want to play, but there's no question. There's a lot of talent on the floor. I think it's going to be uh, – I think we're going to look different uh, in early March than we look right now in terms of how we're going to play. I think yeah. he's going to feel his way through it. How's how's this guy reacting? How's this guy working with this guy on the floor and that kind of thing? And the nice thing is you got eight, nine, ten guys that let's find out how they want to play. No, for sure. You know, Laren Hamilton for the last several years has kind of uh, beat the drum on the, the, the quality of depth. Uh, that the team has, and, and look, the truth is, man, it's 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 true. They got a lot of guys can play a lot of minutes and do a lot of different things uh, for them, and, and I think that you know it, it's 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 kind of unique uh, in modern college basketball when uh, you know so much is driven by you know one or two players, and you get the one and dones and all that, and it's a you know your teams are really top heavy, I guess, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Um, at least a lot of the best teams are. Whereas Florida State, I mean, they just go go so deep and uh, just to uh, to reiterate or, or remind that the, the Florida State men's basketball team has won four straight over the uh, the Florida Gators beat them pretty soundly down in Gainesville last year and uh, yeah the idea of, uh, of getting a fifth in a row I mean it really is kind of remarkable and, and something that I don't know that you would have foreseen uh, five or six years ago but uh, really you know to this point I think Florida State right now it's Kind of the, maybe the preeminent basketball program in the state of Florida right now, which is kind of cool. And it's it's a lot of fun. A home basketball game is a lot of fun. We really do hope that the place is packed. It's an you know you can put yourself in the players' position if they come out there and they see a thousand empty seats. It's, it's a little bit deflating. So we're hoping it'll be packed. I know it'll be a lot of fun. That place, uh, if not been to the Tucker Center lately, uh, once it's been completely refurbished and and uh, it really holds the sound in. It's and, cool. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really it's really a fun place to watch a basketball game and it, it's got a great environment the pet band's terrific yeah. uh, the, the place gets going there's some consistent student uh fan bases dancers and whatnot it's 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 really a good show and, and a lot of fun no it is and you know like not to not to get too much band talk but i go to the acc men's basketball tournament every year and they're all there fourth is the best in the acc no, not even close by a pretty wide margin and everybody knows it too it's always funny you can kind of see um 
uh, like other schools media be like, oh man, the FSU band is playing. The, you know, they, every year it's like they uh, they they relearn how much uh, they enjoy Florida State's band. But uh, on a more pertinent topic, the, the, the it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, man. they is. they run, they get up yeah. and down the floor, they score a lot, they defend really really aggressively. I mean, it's you have to be deep to play the way they play because man, they are like just full throttle all the time. And I, if you if you weren't as deep, I don't know that you keep up with the pace that they like to play now. And it's a huge huge transition uh, from the way things used to be. And, and this is probably a, another topic. For for another show, but the the credit I think that that this staff deserves for sort of reinventing the way that they play and the foundation that they build their program on, uh, and also having just really really tremendous success with it, uh, it's pretty cool. That it is. You're right. The obvious thing when when you look at Florida State basketball is the group of guys over the last few years. You can tell that they love each other. They love being on the court with each other. They love jumping up and down for each other when. Uh, you know they're having success and it'll be interesting rob i, I know you, you mentioned it uh when Kofer does end up coming back and florida state has they've been tinkering over the last few years with a pretty much an a five out system where you have no big man and everybody can stretch the floor almost like a villanova basketball type of system and when Kofer comes back and they can really do that uh one through five, play small ball, so to speak. This team's offense is going to go to a different level. Then again, you got the seven foot four guy. <laughs> that yeah. can, that, Having pieces works, you know. Grab five rebounds without leaving the ground yeah. in the first uh, exhibition game. So you know that's the thing is if you're if you're on the other bench looking at. What you're trying to do against Florida State, good luck right they, now. They can do everything, right? You've got some size, you've got some depth that they can wear you down, and then they can go small ball. So I mean, Kind of an aside, I, I thought Chris uh, Kumaji was pretty uh, impressive. I mean, you'd expect him to be in an exhibition game like that, but uh, you think at the beginning of last season, uh, I thought he looked so good in terms of being aggressive and confident and just uh, having an edge to his game. And he got hurt. Right. And when he came back, he did, I felt like he didn't have that. He, he sort of lost that edge, which makes sense for a big guy with a lower body type injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to see that maybe he's gotten some of that edge back, uh, to me, it means nothing but good things. And he, I've stuff. always been with, impressed with how he runs the floor for yeah. a big guy. I mean, he runs hard. And he ran hard in that exhibition game from, from baseline to baseline, which is what I was kind of looking for, yeah. sort of for the same reason. And, yeah, he, he moved pretty well. Yeah, and we'll wrap up real quick here. Uh, you mentioned it yourself, Rob. This game on on Tuesday, uh, for the grand scheme of the season, does it mean a whole lot? Mm, probably not. Uh, there's still plenty of season left, but rivalry games matter. Florida State and Florida do like their bragging rights from a culture perspective and a fan perspective around Tallahassee. How big is this game to kind of set the tone and keep the excitement and the energy level around FSU basketball at well, high? I, I think there's going to be excitement and energy no matter what because of, of our ranking and the fact that we got, you know, you got the ACC schedule coming the ACC, for goodness yeah. sake. So I don't think we have to worry about that so much except for it. Uh, what's nice about playing a big game right to start the season it re- wakes everybody up and reminds them it's basketball season as well. You know, if you if you play all these uh, games against teams that people have a hard time recognizing, they sort of pick up the paper the next day and go, "Oh, I forgot we were playing last night." Yeah. Well, they're going to know we play start of the season on Tuesday, and they, and I think it's going to sort of jolt everybody into basketball awareness a little quicker. Not that we're slow to do that in Tallahassee and the Not South, anymore. but we are. You know. Tim, well, I don't know, but also weirdly, uh, you know, they actually really don't have a ton of home games uh, in November right, and December. Right. They play a lot of uh, a lot of tournaments uh, away from home, and and uh, you know, they really get into a, a big home stand until later in December. So this is a uh, you know kind of your marquee home game for a little while, and a, and a good opportunity to make a good first impression. You guys both mentioned it, Florida State and Florida. The Knowles will have a, a decent home schedule in ACC play. They do get Purdue in the uh, ACC Big Den Challenge, so that that'll be pretty interesting. 
to watch. So it's the Knowles and the Gators Tuesday at 9, and then Florida State, NC State on Saturday at 3.30 uh, over there on the gridiron. We will be back next week and ready to talk about hopefully two W's and uh, a happy week and positivity all around. Tim? Looking forward to Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, like, let's get staring, there next week. Here in the barrel of Notre Dame. Absolutely. <laughs> Tim Linofelt, Rob Wilson, I'm Mario Masudi. We are on iTunes and uh, on SoundCloud, so go ahead and give us that five stars and share this with your friends. We appreciate your listenership always, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>